Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Welcome in as day two of SEC Media Days is set to get underway. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me and a bunch to talk about. I mean, I don't have enough time to cover it all with you this morning, honestly. I mean, I could spend hours, truly, I could spend hours talking about everything that Greg Sankey covered yesterday. And it was a lot between vaccine rates and all that stuff and ESPN Plus is about to enter the fold, and I think that not a lot of people are prepared for uh, for the SEC or for SEC games, excuse me, to be on ESPN Plus. I don't think people are prepared for that. Um, and the future of college sports. I mean, he was kind of open about it, and also really open against the NCAA. And my question is, hey, Commissioner, why? Now, where where was this energy a few years ago? So we'll discuss all of that this morning right here on the live stream. Glad that you guys are with me, as you always are. If you're a first-time watcher or a listener, uh, do go live every morning about 8 a.m. right here on, on all of these channels. You're probably watching on Periscope. This is also on YouTube. Just search my name and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and like the video if you like what you hear while you're on YouTube. Uh, I'm a big fan of YouTube. I like it. I, uh, I watch it a lot. I consume a lot of content on there. So if you're a YouTube person, my name right there. Find me on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, that'll do it right there. Mike in the morning, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe there. Yeah, I uh, I saw that, Zach. Jeff Bezos is apparently going to uh, to launch his ship into space. He it's him an 18-year-old some 18-year-old that has millions and millions of dollars and like an 82-year-old going to space. Um and I love the news coverage of the Bezos space launch. It's like, "Oh, this will open up uh, a whole new avenue of <laughs> of uh tourism in space for regular citizens." It's like, "Hey, Tom, uh, no. <laughs> what do you mean regular citizens? Because this opens up nothing for any of us watching this right now at all. I mean, good for Bezos, right? If you've got billions of dollars, I guess fly to space if you want. Uh, but let's not pretend like this is changing anything for, for, for the people watching this right now, Tom. Come on, man. This isn't opening up anything for anyone. But anyway, yeah, I, I've been meaning to to try to find a live stream of that or something, but um, I haven't found one yet. I'm not. I don't exactly care about the the doings of people that wealthy. I am not going to be like I, I'm not that guy where it's like, oh, you know, guys like Jeff Bezos are awful, like billionaires. Da da da. That's that's not me at all. I, I think when you build a conglomerate the way Bezos have. You should have all that money. I mean, look at what he created. Look at my mouse. You know, 
I mean, everything I get on Amazon anymore. Um, so I, I'm not, you know, I'm not bitter. It's just I don't care. You know what I mean? If, if that makes sense to you guys at all. So JP says, good morning from a soggy Mississippi Gulf Coast. How are we this morning? I'm good. Mississippi's day behind the microphone today. Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, curious to see how Kiffin and Matt Corral, uh, how they do today with, of course, Mike Leach going tomorrow. So Mississippi gets started today. Obviously going to talk more about that because, you know, it's old Mrs. Day. And then uh, Mississippi State's day uh, tomorrow. But, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling really good. There's uh, there, there's good things happening in uh, in the life of, uh, of Michael Borky, including this. So this keeps growing. And um, so, no, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling really good. Uh, I am very curious uh, to see specifically Matt Corral. Um, I'll actually, I'll get to this right now. I was planning on saving this for a little while, but I'll talk about it right now. Kiffin and Corral go today at SEC Media Days. And uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. Uh, I had somebody tell me they just, they can't wait to see how Kiffin is on the big stage at SEC Media Days. And uh, because this is his first time, by the way. Like I said yesterday, eight first-time coaches, although there's only four new, new coaches, Kiffin and Leach and Drinkwitz and Pittman did not get to do this last year, obviously, because of COVID. So not to, to rain on a parade or anything, I'm sure he's going to have some some good one-liners here or there. Uh, I expect him to be really dynamic uh, when it comes to like his one-on-one interview with Feinbaum or something like that. But if you're expecting Lane Kiffin to go up on the big stage and like deliver a comedy show, it's, it's not going to go down like that. That is not really his setting. If you've noticed, he's really good in one-on-one scenarios, you know, really good on social media, stuff like that. But in the big ballroom today, unless I'm I'm way off, but based on what I've seen from him in the past, he's going to kind of do what every coach does up there. Uh, he, he may drop a, a one-off in there, but mostly he's going to do what they all do, and he's going to have some kind of prepared speech and you know, be pretty laid back and, and not really care to be there. I, I promise you. <laughs> I know this. I don't know him personally, but I know he would rather not be doing this. Um, so I think you're going to get that kind of a vibe from him today. If you're expecting some kind of electric factory and Lane Kiffin to just blow you away on the stage, that's not really where he's great. Uh, He's really funny and engaging and dynamic, like with Dan Patrick, one-on-one interview. He'll be that way with Feinbaum today. That's where he's really, really good. On the big stage, not uh, not so much. I am fascinated to hear from Matt Corral, though, for a lot of reasons. I saw and I read the story from Dennis Dodd yesterday at CBS uh, with very interesting quotes from Corral. you know, I thought the article was terribly written. If we're being honest, the format didn't really make a, a whole lot of sense. It was just kind of spliced together. Um, but he, he was open about his time in recruiting. He was open about having a friend that uh, went to jail, was arrested, and they stayed in communication and, and all that stuff. I mean, it was very fascinating quotes about uh, mental health and and how he's cleaned himself up. Uh I'm curious to hear if one he's asked about that at all, and and two, how he answers the questions about turnovers because he's going to be asked about that, and he should. You know, 
it's been since 2016, since Ole Miss has had a team that's had expectations like this. And looking at the athletics latest piece on draft eligible quarterbacks right now in college football, Dane Brugler ranked them and Matt Corral was third draft eligible quarterbacks. He put Matt Corral number three in college football. Well, you guys know this by now. If you're the third quarterback taken, you're a first round pick. If he just meets expectations, first that's a first round pick based on grades from the best in the business at the athletic. So how have you worked on turnovers? Arkansas game last year. Have you figured out why that happened? LSU game last year. Have you figured out why that happened? And what have you done to prevent those kind of games? Because you can be the biggest Mississippi State fan on earth, and you can look at what Matt Corral did last year, and you can see without those two blow-up games, he's a Heisman contender. That is the ability that he has. Uh, But you can't have those games. He cannot have Arkansas and LSU this season and meet those expectations. In fact, if he has a couple of games like that, his draft status could fall because NFL teams are going to look at that and wonder, why the hell this happens? Why does this happen? He's going to be asked that today, and I'm very curious to hear his answer. Uh, He's pretty media savvy. He's really smart. And uh, as you guys can imagine, he's a little edgy. Um, He's not afraid to to give a quote, a real quote. And and that story in CBS yesterday tells you all you need to know. I mean, he was, you know, dropping the F-bomb and stuff because that's who he is. He's real. He's edgy, and he's been through some stuff. And... um, now he's got expectations on his shoulders that I don't think, um, at least that I can remember. Maybe this is just being a prisoner of the moment. I don't remember an Ole Miss quarterback since I've been here with the amount of hype around him. Like everybody thought Chad Kelly was great because he was, but nobody was looking at Chad Kelly, to me, this the same way they're looking at Matt Corral. Um Shea Patterson was a lot of recruiting hype, but once he played, it wasn't like, okay, he's a Heisman contender. He's a first-round pick. Um, if Matt Again, if he just plays to expectation, he's a first-round pick. So there's a lot of pressure on him, and there's a lot of pressure to not have Arkansas and LSU games. So I'm very curious to hear how he responds and, and what he says and what Lane Kiffin says about those games in particular because every other game last season – He was elite, and he showed you that he can be elite, especially against the best teams he played, Alabama and Florida. He was elite against those two teams, the best teams he saw. The ability is there, but the consistency has to be. What have you done to eliminate those games? What did you learn? Have you watched those games again? What have you fixed? Is there something that you saw that you're working on? How is it changing? Those kind of things. I I am very excited, honestly, to hear how he answers those questions, because that's the difference between this team being, well, that and the defense as well. I mean, that goes without saying, but if he has a couple blow-up games, the, the, the margin is so thin in this conference that they're not going to a Florida Bowl. There are people that think that Ole Miss can win 10 games. They have got to be better defensively. I, I mean, <laughs> you guys know that. But they're not winning 10 games unless he is good every single week. If he's on every single week, that's that's the only way that's going to happen. And even then, the margin for error is very, very thin. So I'm fascinated to hear how he handles that today and, and how he answers those questions. And, of course, 
defensively. Because on paper, they should be more talented. On paper, they should be more talented. Uh, they are more talented on paper, but it's unproven. They're going to give heavy snaps to a couple of junior college players on the defensive line. A Big Ten transfer at linebacker should start. If he doesn't, That that's an eyebrow raiser. Uh, a lot of new faces, and young guys are possibly going to be playing on that defense. So why was it so bad last year, and why should we be convinced that it's going to be better? And everybody just assumes that Ole Miss is going to be better. Everybody just assumes that. I understand why, but until we see it, you can't assume that. So tell me, you know, what have you guys done this offseason that, that can be tangible and prove that you're going to be better on defense? Curious to hear what those answers are as well. So it's uh it's Ole Miss Day, at least for for our audience anyway. It's Ole Miss Day uh, in Hoover at SEC Media Days. Th- this is good stuff. I mean, this is always fun and exciting, right? I mean, you're going to and for state fans tomorrow, you're you're going to hear Mike Leach talk about his football team. You're going to hear Lane Kiffin today talk about his football team, and that's exciting. There's no other way around it. Uh, I, I am not going to be one of those people. I hate the people that like diminish SEC media days. This is great. This is great. This afternoon you'll get to, while you're working, pull up a stream of Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral talking about their football teams and Kirby Smart and whoever else is here today. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yesterday, though, I want to talk about what we heard yesterday from Greg Sankey. Boy, was that interesting. Um, a handful of things that he talked about. Actually, I'll get to some of your messages first before I, I, I go on to that. I'm very biased, Will says, but I'm a big fan of ESPN+. Plus. I wish ESPN could have kept the MLB RSN so they would have been a part of the subscription. I think ESPN, in hindsight, really regrets uh, not doing that because Bally Sports is going to have their own standalone app that people are going to pay a lot of money for to, to access all of those RSNs. And you could have looped that in to ESPN+. Plus and made a killing because I don't currently subscribe to ESPN plus to tell you the truth. If they had the RSNs, I would be a subscriber. And there are millions of people like me that would have done that. If, um, if given the opportunity and Bally sports really has, has just failed the, the distribution and stuff. Braves fans in Mississippi cannot watch the Braves unless they have one particular cable package. It's insane. It's impossible to watch teams like the Braves or the Predators or the Pelicans or the Grizzlies. It's impossible to find because Bally Sports failed. ESPN would not have failed the same way that Bally Sports has. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Just another subscription, JP says. Let's get through the SEC chatter, and after all that, I'll share a quote from Will Hall. Good morning, Wayne. What's up, man? How are you? And I'm... JP also says, I'm just thrilled there are expectations. Coach Luke was a snoozer. There are expectations on this football team, no doubt. Big, major expectations on this football team for Ole Miss. I mean, there are fans that think they're a 10-win football team. I think that's a little little much. Um, But they're out there. There has not been this much pressure on this program since... Since 2015, 
2016, I guess, going into that Florida State game. I think they were ranked, right? Uh, they lost some pieces, but still. Um, not since then. It's five years ago. <laughs> it was five years ago. It's a long time, and a lot has happened between uh, then and now. So Greg Sankey yesterday, uh, he talked about a bunch of things. The four most important things to me that he talked about were uh, the future of college sports because of name, image, and likeness and the NCAA's incompetence, Um, investigations and the process, vaccine rates and protocols in the SEC, and then ESPN+. Um, I thought it was interesting. I actually agree with him on his thoughts of blowing up the collegiate model entirely. Uh, He acknowledged, and he's right, that we cannot treat football the same as tennis and volleyball or or whatever. And it's insane, honestly, when you think about it, that Alabama football and Clemson football and Ohio State football and everybody in the SEC and the Power Five, uh, they're making money. They have multi-million dollar television contracts, multi-million dollar apparel deals. They're putting 70,000 people who are paying thousands of dollars a year in their stadiums. The, The money and the business and the stakes, most importantly, not the Omaha variety, the, the stakes, S-T-A-K-E-S, uh, on the Power Five is vastly different than even the Group of Five. But they feel it, too, compared to that of the FCS or Division Two or Division Three's level. But presidents and chancellors and all that from every level, schools that don't even have football, get a say in how football is governed. And that that never makes sense. It never will make sense. I proposed an idea on the show yesterday that I think the entire Power Five can do it, although the way Sankey was talking, it sounds like it might be just a group of five thing, um, where they get together and the 10 commissioners that have Division One football teams serve on the board of governors, whatever you want to call it, and they elect a commissioner of college football because the Patriot League should not have a say in how the SEC and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big 10 are, are governed. They shouldn't have a say because it is so dramatically different, so dramatically different that it's like asking Roger Goodell to handle college football. It doesn't make sense. They're, they're the same sport, but the business is totally different. The NFL distributed $10 billion to its teams in a pandemic year. It's totally different from that of the SEC, but the SEC is totally different from that of the Southern Conference. It's completely different. So they need to be governed separately. But I do like his insistence that we can't blow up the collegiate model because, well, I like and I don't like it because he said we don't need to blow up the model and he wants Congress to act. Well, if you look at what Congress is doing, you've got people like Cory Booker who want a 50-50 revenue split, right? A 50-50 revenue split between athletes and the school, which is more than what NFL players get by percentage. Um, That will destroy college sports. The football team will still exist. The basketball team will still exist. Title IX will still be around, so you'll have a couple of women's sports to subsidize the scholarships. But... um, Everything else will go away. And he mentioned in his speech yesterday that the SEC has more student-athletes or former student-athletes in the Olympics than any other, every other league, 80 of them, 
80 of them from the SEC are in the Olympics. And he said, none of which are football players. So his conference is a breeding ground for Olympians. And that's really cool. It's important. And also all of these sports that don't make any money provide opportunities for education, free education and professional opportunities that these kids wouldn't have gotten otherwise. If we let Congress do their thing and if Cory Booker gets his way, no sports won't exist anymore. You can say bye to track and field. You can say bye to golf. You can say bye to volleyball. None of it will exist anymore. So on one hand, I appreciate that what he's saying. Got to preserve the collegiate model because it does work. We do have Olympians from the SEC, 80 of them, I think is what he said yesterday. I love that. We need to preserve that, which is why name, image, and likeness was always the the appropriate path. But saying that while also calling on Congress is opening up a can that I don't think you want to open. He also talked about investigations. Uh, He he had a money quote about how the handbook, which is over 400 pages, uh, has never been less relevant than it is today. I appreciate that quote. But man, is it convenient timing that he is now suddenly calling for timely investigations. Why now? Why now suddenly are you coming out strong against the NCAA and their investigative practices? Why now? Why not a few years ago when Missouri got three sports in a postseason ban because a tutor was doing some coursework for players? Why wasn't it when Ole Miss had a five-year investigation why Why were you not strong against the process then? Why is it now when it's Tennessee and LSU in the crosshairs? I don't like being a conspiracy guy, but the timing of it is is fascinating. Why now do you think the process is flawed? Why didn't you then? And if you did then, why didn't you come as strong as you are now? Is it because LSU is in the crosshairs? May not be. You know, put my tinfoil hat on, but the timing of it, it's frustrating because they sat back and watched multiple of, of their programs get put through the ringer and nothing. But now, can't have this anymore. This is unacceptable. Now. It wasn't then. It is now. That's at least the image you're putting out there publicly. And it's wrong. It's uh, it's wrong. But most important thing, though, was vaccine thresholds. I know you guys are sick of talking about this. I was watching the news with my wife a little bit this morning, and just the more they talk about COVID, the the more frustrating it is. I I know a lot of people are frustrated with this conversation. I have heard from a lot of people that said that they're trying to end the college football season. That's not going to happen. So don't worry about that. That's not going to happen. They are not going to try to end the college football season. They're going to play. They played last year. They played last year without a shot readily available. There is one now And it is working. It does work. Regardless of what meme you saw on Facebook, it does work. Um, So they're not going to cancel the season. However, for those who have not gotten it, and whether you agree or disagree with the sentiment doesn't matter because here's the reality. Uh, Six of the 14 teams have reached the 80% vaccinated threshold. And based on his speech and conversations, um, it sounds like any player that has gotten the shot won't be tested, won't be bothered, basically, is what that's going to come down to. They will get to approach their season as normal. And the players that have not are going to get the NFL treatment. And if a team doesn't cross the threshold, they're going to have to implement measures to to get that 
to make that happen. Um, you've heard chatter uh, from programs that haven't made it that are threatening to not let players travel with the team or play in games if they don't get it to make sure they get over that threshold. Um, it's uh, That's going to be the problem, is they will forfeit games. That That will happen. If there is a COVID outbreak within the program, and it's not going to be as lenient as it was last year, uh, they will just call forfeit. They will. That will happen. Um, I think between that being out there now, and there's going to be some incentives for some of these programs. I don't know who the six are that have crossed that threshold. Um, multiple people have reported that Ole Miss, since it's Ole Miss's day, are not there yet. Um, there's going to be some incentives that are uh, provided to make sure this happens. There's going to be some threats, maybe. Um, on that front, if you don't get it, you can't play. I mean, that, that's that's on the on the table. Um, that's on the table, and so that'll uh, that'll make that happen. JP says, "Good point." whose feathers inevitably were ruffled and caused Sankey to speak out against the process. Missouri and Ole Miss have paid. Kyle says, why wouldn't players get vaccinated if they know they don't have to test anymore? Um, Well, I don't think they've been tested really since the end of the season. I don't think that is the case. Um, I don't think that's the case. So that's part of the reason why is they're not having to go through it right now. But they will here soon once – Fall camp begins. Gosh, dang it! It's training camp. Once training camp begins, uh, they will they will have to start that up again. As I understand it, um, they will incentivize it, and and it's going to get done because it will be do it or don't play. That's what it's going to come down to. If they don't meet that threshold where they can have a normal season, it's going to be do it or you don't get to play. That's the end game. They're they're not going to start that right away, but that's the end game. For uh, for sure, Yancey tweeted, "Ole Miss is one of the six. So, uh, I'm not here to discredit anyone else. I don't know. You know, maybe he's right and I'm wrong, and others who have reported uh, th- that cover the team are, are wrong. Unless that has changed over the last couple of days. Again, I I could be wrong. He could be right, but I am under the impression and." Multiple others are under the impression that they have not met that threshold yet. Um, So for whatever that's worth, as of a few days ago, is my understanding they were not there. But I could be wrong and he could be right. Others are reporting what what I'm saying here as well, though. For whatever it's worth. Again, I'm not... I didn't even see what he said, so I, I certainly can't discredit it. I don't know. I don't know. But that's just my impression. Um, Randall's asking if it's possible to have a COVID SEC standard policy. They've got one, so that's what it is. It's Sankey said 80% threshold yesterday. Uh, the NFL's using 85. I don't know why they're, they've come to, to different numbers. Um, I don't know why, but either way, it's 80% if you've gotten the vaccine, you're not going to be tested. 
That's the impression, at least as I understand it, that's the impression that I get, is if you've gotten it, I'll leave you alone. You did the right thing. If you have not gotten it, it's going to be hell for uh, for you. <laughs> so um, it's pretty. It's going to be uniform for everybody. And the, the line of thinking is, at least for now, is if you've gotten it, we're not going to bother you. But if you haven't, it's going to suck. And if your team hasn't met the threshold, you've got problems. And if your team hasn't met the threshold and there's an outbreak in your program, you're not playing Saturday. Sorry. We're not rescheduling. You lose. It will be a loss. Not games canceled. It means you lose. It's pretty straightforward. They'll they'll figure the they'll figure it out with uh with these players. I, I'm fairly confident that the uh I keep using the word threats. It's not a threat, it's just reality. Uh the league has the policy in place where if you're not at that threshold or if you if you are not vaccinated, this is what happens to you. And you can argue whether or not that's right or wrong. Um and that's the thing, Randall. Can the SEC require vaccines or will that be a team decision? Um so they, they, it depends on your definition of re- requiring, basically. Um, because you can interpret, if you don't get it, you don't play as requiring it. But they're not going to kick anybody off the team or anything like that for not getting it. So it, it depends on your definition. But if a team doesn't reach the threshold, they're still going to be allowed to play. So it's not a requirement. They're going to be allowed to play, but if there's... They'll, they'll be tested every day, just like they were last year. They'll have to abide by certain protocols and travel, all, all kinds of stuff. And if there's an outbreak, they forfeit the next game. So I don't know if it's a requirement by definition, but that sure sounds like it to me, which is what they've decided. MLB is at 85%. Yeah, so I don't know why the SEC is 5% different from everybody else, but there's I'm sure there's a reason they came to that number. Um. Hopefully, coaches, Zach says, can point at NC State and tell the team you don't want to be them. Yeah, Sankey brought that up yesterday. I imagine that's going to be used as well. As, hey, you know, you guys are going to be 7-0. and And if a few of you test positive because you went to the club on Thursday night or on Saturday night after the game and, and you went out and partied and you don't have the vaccine and so we still test you and you got it, we forfeit. The game against Chattanooga, guess what? It's going to go down as a loss and ruin our season. You want to be that guy? Okay, don't get it. That'll be their approach. There will be some less intense incentives at first, I'm sure. But then it'll spill into that. For sure. Launch update. Capsule has landed intact. Bezos and company have exited and all seem okay. (laughs) Well, uh, good good for Jeff. I wish he could sling a, a couple hundred my way. That that would certainly help my cause for uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, man, word is Vandy required and have 100%. That doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Jeff Calkins wrote a column saying that Vandy should be rewarded and hope for forfeits because Vandy did it right and nobody else did it right. Um, I don't support requiring things. I think it should be encouraged. And incentivized, but forcing, I don't know, it just you get into a gray area. So just incentivize it. I support that all day long. Incentivize it. And and you'll get there. You'll get there. 
Kyle says, I bet Saban gets his point across and Bama meets a threshold if they haven't already. I agree. I, I'm, I have a feeling they're one of the six. There's no way in hell Nick Saban was going to let a lack of getting a vaccine stop his football team from winning a championship. There's no way that Nick Saban was letting that happen. Absolutely no shot. All right, JP shares a quote from Will Hall from uh, from yesterday. Quote, we're going to be the best group of five program in America. We've been that before. We will be that again. Love, love, absolutely love the confidence there. He says, uh, a handful of coaches, including Hobson and Larry Fedora, who was good in Southern Miss, um, or Todd Munkin, uh, none of them were bold enough to state that their claim, state their claim, and define the expectations as clearly. Had me fired up in Long Beach last night, as it should, as it should. Um, there have been coaches that have coached in this state in the past that did not think you could win at the highest level in this state. A lot of them, actually, and you can. Southern Miss has proved it. You you can be a UCF. It's possible. You can be a Boise State. It's possible. UCF is in a little bit of a better situation with a state that just is so talent-rich. It's not even funny, but Mississippi State's quite underrated. This region of the country, um, there are a lot of guys that have gone elsewhere in Mississippi lately, other group of five programs. Uh, but it's possible, and, and it's it's something that I rant about a lot in terms of Ole Miss and Mississippi State with football and basketball to some degree. Um, but the mindset that, oh, we can't do it, so we should accept good good is good enough, can't stand that. And, and I, I, it's so refreshing to hear a coach in this state say out front, I want to be the best in America, and I think I will be the best in America. Not I think. He doesn't say I think. He says I will. I respect that, and I appreciate that, and it's about time. You know, It's about time that we've got people in this state that actually – believe that because it can be done. There are so many excuses that we could have and we're not finding enough reasons around here. So that's awesome. I, I'm, I love that mentality and I think he can get it done. Uh, I really think he can get it done. And uh, Southern Miss fans should be pretty pumped uh, about that mindset in their program right now. You got to follow it up with showing up to games and buying tickets and stuff like that. And I think you will. But Southern Miss fans have to respond to this kind of confidence because look at UCF's crowds. Look at Boise State's crowds. And maybe winning came first, but they pack those places. They have atmospheres. When you're recruiting at the Group of Five level, you can bring a recruit to your game in Hattiesburg where there's 25,000 people making noise, carrying on, and then – the next week, they go to Tulane, where there's 6,000 people not really giving a crap. It makes a difference. It can be a huge advantage. Uh, give a damn is an advantage in the group of five level. Everybody cares in the Power Five. Everybody cares in the SEC outside of Vanderbilt. But if you can show that, hey, we care more than everybody else, it can separate your program. So you've got to respond to your coach's comments for sure. I think they will, but I love the confidence. Who wins tonight, Bucks or Suns? Um, I predicted the series to go to seven uh, with the Bucks winning in seven, but I think they take care of business tonight. And now that I said that, fade me and pick the Suns. But 
Um, it seems like Phoenix is out of gas. Chris Paul has been absolutely just locked up by Drew Holiday. Best def- one of the best on-ball defenders, if not the best on-ball defender in the NBA, is showing everybody that they should have been paying attention a long time ago. Chris Paul is not playing bad because Chris Paul is playing bad. Chris Paul is playing bad because Drew Holiday is meeting him at, at midcourt and saying, let's go. And Chris Paul can't do anything about it because Drew Holiday is the best on-ball defender in the game, at least the guard position. That's what's happening. Milwaukee seems more physical. Milwaukee seems uh, fresher almost. Um, and I, I really want Phoenix to win because, you know, the Pels are hiring Willie Green, their assistant coach. So I kind of want them to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, good for Giannis, though. Great guy. My gosh, I've seen some interviews and stuff that he's done lately. Uh, what a great ambassador for the sport that needs a guy like him to be the face of it. Um, his mentality, his, just his humility. He's a great guy. I mean, my gosh, I, I am a huge Giannis fan with the way he carries himself. And the league needs to prop people like him up more, not other guys who post dumb stuff on Instagram. It needs to be people like Giannis. You you want to get fans back? Because, you know, what was it, 2016? The NBA Finals averaged almost double the audience that it is this year. You want to get fans back? Prop up guys like Drew Holiday and Giannis. That's that's who you need to be propping up and, and showing to people, these kind of guys. Uh, great players, physical freaks, really good people. Prop them up. Show, show the country, show sports fans that not only are these guys elite-level athletes, they're really good people and, and guys with character that that is that you gravitate towards. The league needs to prop guys like this up instead of focusing on whoever says what viral thing on Instagram. But anyway. Um, Randall, that, that's, a, uh, that's a loaded question, my friend, and I'm, I'm running out of time here. But uh, if you remember... Let's talk about this tomorrow because I, I love talking about this because I, I think it's real. He said, how do you get over the hump? Be a starter at Alabama or a school in Mississippi. How does a recruit choose? Yeah, you've seen a lot of players from Mississippi choose to go to a place like Alabama and it not work out there. Um, your margin for error is thinner, but we've seen the formula. Southern Miss did it. It's been a little while now, but they did it. I remember the billboards. How, how soon we forget. Uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State were both ranked in the top four not too terribly long ago. Ole Miss has been to two access bowls. Mississippi State's been to one not too terribly long ago. The recipe, the formula is there. It, it's, it's possible. It just takes more efficiency. More efficiency. And somebody that is willing to stick around and, and build. We will see. ULL Troy and Memphis have had 10 win seasons recently without 25 to 30,000 in the stands of the history of USM. People should hop back on for the climb upwards now. He is burning Mississippi recruiting up. Yes, he is. And he'll continue to do that as well. No doubt about that. Will Hall is, uh, that was a great hire. It was a great, great, great hire. And uh, we'll see how quickly it works out. Um, and I expect them to be a bowl team this year and look differently, for sure. So, anyway. 
Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it here. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you're seeing, like the video, that would help me a, uh, a whole lot. So enjoy Kiffin Day at SEC Media Days. So we'll be back tomorrow to talk about anything interesting that they say and then get you ready for Mike Leach Day at SEC Media Days. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being a part. I really enjoyed doing this. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy that it's here as well. So I'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. right here. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.